Welcome back to 12.1. I am Amy Kirkpatrick, and this is a podcast all about being one of the 12 disciples and just learning from Jesus Christ every day. Hey guys, we are continuing the conversation about love. For the last two podcasts, if you haven't heard them, I encourage you to go back and listen to them because we were discussing love and what is love and God's definition and why it's so stinking important to have love in our lives in order to know who God is. And so as we continue in, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper, kind of figure out some more about why love is such an integral part of us growing in our faith, getting to know God, building that relationship, and also sort of mending what's inside of us that needs to be healed. Thank you so much for joining us. So when you look at the word that's being used in 1 John for love, that same word for love is the same word that's used in Matthew 5, 43, when it says to love your enemies. So as I mentioned before, it said, you know, that we need to love one another, one another in First John means the church, it means fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but then we also see that same word being used to love our enemies. And when we think about our enemies, love is one of those things that is so, so hard to process through. And quite honestly, that's really, really fair. Some of the enemies in our life lives have been really, really vile and really evil to us. And and so forgiveness and love, it's just two words that just seem um, impossible in a lot of ways. And so I wanted to kind of dive in a little bit deeper, and I wanted to kind of um, move forward into another verse that I think just kind of back up, backs up what we have talked about prior. And so that is First John 4, so same book, but 12. And it says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. So once again, I want to encourage you guys to ask questions. I think it's really, really, really important uh, when we get into scripture to be curious. My whole life, my parents have taught me to be curious. They've always asked me to think outside the box, to challenge myself, to um, always wonder about what is deeper in things or what's behind you know certain scenarios. And so I encourage you um, to be curious. So when I read this verse, um, the first things that kind of come to my mind is why is God making a correlation between no one being able to see him um, and also us loving one another? So that's one of the first questions. And then what does it mean for God to abide in us? So there's kind of a promise in here. And I, I love the promises. One of the first things I did when I first following started following Christ and getting the scripture is I started to um, find promises and I was highlighting them. So it was kind of cause and effect. If you do this, there is a promise, a direct promise that this will happen. And we can rely on those and we can trust on those things with all of our heart because God won't break a promise, right? So we're seeing a promise here, just like we saw in the other verse, that if we love, we will know God. And in this one, it's saying um, that if we love one another, God will abide in us. So again, there's another, another promise, and it's also based off love. So going back to that first part about no one seeing God and why that's important in love, uh, you know, I could kind of take some guesses at this, but I wanted to sit down and I, I read five or six different short commentaries about what other um, theologians had thought about this verse. And all of their comments kind of boiled down to this general idea and this consensus among all of them 
that though man cannot see God, we can still experience him. And so we can experience an aspect of him that we can actually feel, and that is love. So that when we can't see him, there is a peace that we can always have, a peace that we can experience and touch and is tangible, and that is love. And so that's why that's so important to look back at 1 John 4, 12 and see that that the correlation between not being able to see God and also being called to love, they're, they're tied together because it's, it's as if we're bringing God into the picture between one man to another and bringing him into the center of that. So both can experience and touch and feel uh, him in, in present form. And then, and then when you look at the uh, part where it talks about God abiding in us, so we hear this a lot. This is, you know, used in so many sermons and so many conversations, Christian conversations. And so for me, I just wanted to pause and just make sure I totally understood it. Um, so a God abiding in us. So that, that word abide means to remain waiting. It's to tarry as if, as if a guest. So, so to lodge with someone, to lodge in a place, to not depart, to continue to be present. And this one I really love to main, maintain unbroken fellowship with one. And so that is that promise that God will abide, that he will come and lodge and live with us um, if, if love is something that we have for one another. And so, again, we want to know God. We want to grow in our faith. We want to build relationship. And so now we're hearing two different things that not only will we know God, but we'll also have him with us and he will come and have unbroken fellowship with us, that he will come and lodge and be a guest within us um, when we love other people. What more are we asking for? You know, what more are we looking for in faith? What more are we trying to pursue if this isn't the first thing? If, if love isn't the first thing that we're after, then it just seems like we are kind of working backwards, that we're trying to figure out how to do the walk and then starting to love other human beings. But again, this is something I wish I knew at the very beginning of my faith. So let's continue on to 1 John 4, 13. And this verse says, By this we know that we abide in him and him in us, because he has given us of his spirit. Whoa. Okay, so now we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and I think all of us want to experience more of that. We've all had those encounters. We've all had those experiences with the Holy Spirit and how absolutely captivating it is um, to be in the presence of God and to feel that, and we all want it more. So now, again, we are kind of starting to see this correlation from love to this abiding with uh, Christ, and then on top of that, now the Holy Spirit has been given, it says. So back when I first started looking at this several, several years ago, I was continuing to, you know, just go through life. And I had all these prayers and things I kept talking about with God. And I started to notice this incredible pattern, this, this thing that started to happen where I was walking around, you know, just being in ministry all day long. And I was noticing that I was constantly having conversations with God. I was, I was hearing little things that I, I needed to reach out to this person, or I needed to stop and give this person attention, or I needed to pray over this person or whatever. And I was just having all these things happening all the time. I would sit down and pray and have my long, quiet prayer time in the morning. And I would just hear God talking to me and just encouraging me to speak into people's lives or whatever it may be. 
And then as soon as I started talking about myself, there was just absolute silence. And I'm not going to lie, at this period of time, I was spending a lot of time talking about myself. It was, I was sitting in prayer and it was just all about me. Things that I was going through, struggles I was facing, things that were weighing on my heart, blah, just stuff, right? And I just kept praying and I kept hearing nothing. And I was getting so frustrated. I even remember talking with friends and saying, hey, like, I am sick of, you know, the silent mode because I'm hearing him all day long. And as soon as I talk about him, and I was getting frustrated. And it wasn't until I, I really came across this idea of love and focusing on love and, you know, what we're studying right now that I realized that God was constantly talking to me when I was talking about other people, when my heart was open to loving other people and I was and I was going to war for other people and interceding for them, that's when God was talking the most. And I started to realize that the things that God wanted to talk about were not the same things that I wanted to talk about. And it didn't mean that he was a jerk. It didn't mean that he was being cold. He just had some things that he wanted me to focus on that were super, super important. And I was so hyper-focused on myself that I was having a hard time seeing what God wanted to talk about. And as soon as I started joining him in those conversations, everything in my life radically changed. Because suddenly we were on the same page. Suddenly it was God and I working together. And this is what I found. This is the incredible part. As I started to love on other people, the things that I was, not the things, but the conversations I was having with those people were transforming my life and the things I was struggling with. So the thing was, was that I was praying for God to work in me, him and I. And instead, God had a vision for me to work through my garbage, right? The things going on in my life while talking to somebody else. And I wasn't even sharing what was going on in my life. I was talking with somebody else. And as, as the Holy Spirit speaking through me, as I'm, you know, doing Bible studies with this person, or whatever, I'm, I'm talking to them, you know, as if working on their, their struggle. And at the same time, I'm being transformed. What was happening in my life just happened to align with the person that I'm talking with. And so I started to see how so much of the healing process, so much of the mending and the struggle we're going through isn't always meant that we're supposed to come and just bear our hearts and share necessarily always with another person, but through our love on another person, right, that we are transformed through that as well. And so here I was so frustrated with God because he wasn't meeting me the way I wanted him to meet me when he had a much better plan all along for something so much better than what I was asking for. But it just took me choosing to love, love another human being more than myself, to put myself aside and say, listen, Lord, I want to come to you on behalf of somebody else today. And so that was a huge turning point for me to realize that, you know, focusing on myself is not always the most important thing. So why is love so important in the first place? I mean, we have to ask that question. It's something that's brought up all throughout the Bible. Um, Jesus just talks about it all the time. And here we are in 1 John 4, and it's just drenched in the conversation about love. So why is it so, so important? You know, one of the first things I think about is just the obvious reasons of love brings peace. Um, and as we read in verse 12, it says that um, God's love is perfected in us, that that. By our outward living of it, we are experiencing God's love brought about in its fullness. And so just that all by itself, we are we are partnering with God in a way that um, brings peace and rest and reconciliation, right? But I think there's even more to it. And I think we kind of all have that understanding that love is kind of this, this connector. 
um, between between people and people groups. But I think also um, the uh, another reason is is that love takes the focus off ourselves. A lot of anxiety, uh, worry, pride, stress, all those things very often are the effect of being hyper-focused on ourselves. Love forces us to look outward and automatically takes up um, time in our brains away from what we are obsessed with. You know, we, we can easily sit down and look at our prayers and just think about how much time we spend talking about ourselves, right? And how little time we sit down and ask God what he wants to talk about. What is on your heart, Lord, right? And when we do that, when we start to come to him, uh, focusing on other people and not saying that our, our prayers are bad, not saying that we can't focus on ourselves and bring that before the Lord. But I find that when I am struggling the most is when my prayers are the most selfish. And when I sit down and I just have this laundry list of stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, and can you pray for X, Y, Z, right? And so a lot of times love forces us out of this mindset that what's going on in our life is the most important thing and that we are the top priority and that we're going to drown if this doesn't get resolved, right? And again, I told you that um, love often, you know, helps us when we walk with somebody else, when we're hurting with somebody else and helping somebody else carry their burdens. We also are working on ourselves. We get transformed in the process. And so that leads to the next one is that love is never an action that doesn't have a return. Love will not always be easy. Uh, Often it's not easy. In fact, it's normally pretty incredibly hard. But what happens, though, is that it transforms us, that one, we can go into it and just feel good about the fact that we step forward and we're obedient to God and obedient to what we're being asked to do. And so that alone sometimes can lift the relief off of, you know, a, a relationship that's in strife because we can sit there and go, hey, I did the best I could, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to love and I'm, you know, so we kind of get that relief um, and that pressure taken off of us of our duty or our place within a, a, a relationship that's not going well. Um, but it also, it just it's just something that just releases uh, our hearts and releases a lot of the emotion, the frustration in us. And that's the that's kind of the last point is just that love transforms hearts uh, for the giver and the receiver. We don't always know the outcome of what our love and grace might be towards another human being. Um, sometimes we may never see it, but if we're, if there's one little chance that us loving on another human being that maybe has a really hard heart or is really struggling in something and is just acting in a really horrible way, um, if there is just a, a little ounce of peace that that person gets or they feel valued just for even just two minutes. I don't know. It just seems worth it to me. It seems like, you know, at the very least we can do is we can be somebody that's not adding more issue. We're not adding more struggle to that person's life. And so just knowing that we have the possibility to transform lives um, through the work of Jesus Christ and that partnership just seems so worth the effort and the, the project of being humble enough to love on another human being that maybe is our, our greatest enemy. I wanted to end with this. I did a little word study on the word perfected. So in the passage in 12 where it says, and his love has been perfected in us, there was, there was a few words that were kind of cool, um, but it seems like in the Greek there's always kind of a, a visual or there's a kind of an emotional um, overlay to every single word. Uh, it's just kind of the beauty of the Greek language. And 
in the description, okay, in the definition of it, it says it is well is illustrated with the old pirate telescope, unfolding and extending out one stage at a time to function at full strength. And when, when we sit there and think about that, we think about God's love being everywhere. God loves all of his children. We understand that. But when we extend ourselves out to another human being, we can almost look at it as, you know, the stages of that telescope being um, pulled out into its full length uh, so that God's love can be made complete in us. Uh, to think that we can actually extend God's love out towards another human being, that it's not necessarily about our love. Um, we may not be able to bring that perfectly, but to extend God's love towards somebody else, um, it's amazing. And it's, a, it's something that we should all be challenged by. And so I just want to close with this. If you are in a place um, where you are facing up, up against your enemies, or maybe just people that are just hard to love, people that are difficult, um, or maybe you just have some people in your life that you just feel like you have never thought about, you have never given attention to, and you're spending a lot of time loving on the easier people in life, I challenge you, I challenge you to ask God to open your heart toward these people, uh, to ask him to help you to see them in his eyes. And I also, you know, for me personally, love has come in handy when I am praying and I feel like my prayers are just full of me. I'm exhausted by the long list. I'm exhausted by everything going on in my life. And it's always good for me to stop and just kind of realize that I am super uh, consumed with self. And so that's normally a time when I sit there and say, okay, I got to get back um, in this place where I'm focusing on other people, loving on other people that are lost and hurt in my life. Uh, The other time is when I, I don't hear God speaking. When I'm kind of feeling like there's just this this blankness um, in my prayer life, I feel like I need to often stop and just go, okay, what does God want to talk about? And very often it's going to be about love. It's going to be about loving other people and how I need to reposition my life to love other people, reach out to people I maybe haven't talked to in a long time. Um, and then also just when we're feeling like faith is a burden uh, rather than a joy, you know, there's times when I feel like I'm just grinding it away and I'm like, and I kind of, you know, kind of wake up a little bit and, I just, you know, why is this so hard? Why, why am I not coming into my prayer time or into my, my scripture time with joy? Why is this suddenly feeling like it's something I'm not as excited to do? And again, it comes down to, I think, just that self-focus that I get into. So I don't know if this is you, but I feel like I get into the self-focus where um, it's, it's about me. Whereas when I come into reading scripture or prayer, knowing that I am, you know, praying for other people or wanting to intercede for other people, I approach both very, very differently. And then also just when I'm discouraged. Uh, very often I see God work in other people's lives and it encourages me. Uh, I see, you know, things that are happening or uh, somebody will reach out, you know, after I've written them or, and they'll say something and just, you could just tell it's God speaking back to me where even though we're talking about something going on in their life, they'll just say, thank you, you know, so much for reaching out, whatever. And it just, it just hits me in a certain way of what I needed to hear almost every single time. And so I think the more we can be humble, the more we can be selfless and just love outwardly, we get fed so much from that, that I don't think we give God full credit for that. We just, we just kind of take it and move forward and we forget that this is, this is him 
and us working together as a team to do something that brings him fully into our lives that is love perfected right and it's also us gaining knowledge of who he is and so it's like this massive massive transaction that's happening um that all stems from the very start of looking outside of ourselves and and loving other people Thank you for listening to this three-part series on love. I feel like this is the absolute center of where to start in your relationship with God in the way that it gives you reason for everything that you do. Instead of just um, kind of putting in the hard work just for the sake of hard work, it's so good to start with getting into the Word because you love the Lord and you want to know more about your Lord and Savior and who He is and how He acted um, as long as man has been on this earth or serving because you love the Lord so much that you want to serve on his behalf and give him all the glory or that you love other human beings and you care about their eternity. It gives you a purpose to why you do things, why praise matters, why we worship, why we get into the word. It's the core and the absolute purpose that comes um, into what we do, right? Otherwise, we're just going through motions and we're just doing things out of duty. So it's just a really important topic to me, I think, of just starting that relationship with the Lord is to first uh, focus on falling in love with the Lord and loving other people and then building from there. If you have uh, any questions or comments that you would like to share with me, powerful God stories, please send them to me at 121podcast at gmail.com. It's all spelled out, no numbers, 121podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I cannot wait.